Hello and welcome to Sip, Sip, Hooray, a fun-loving podcast for wine lovers and the wine curious. We are all about making wine approachable, sharing peeks behind the label of some of your favorite wines and helping you discover some new wines too. Today, we've got a show about a father-daughter duo who are making wine together as Omega Road Winery. And with a name like Omega, they may just wind up the end-all in wine. We are excited to introduce you to Alexandra Hinkleman and her little dog. She is Alex to her friends, and I'm sure she will feel like a friend by the end of this podcast. We are, of course, the two Marys who like to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm Mary Babbitt. And I'm Mary Orlin. My first encounter with the wines of Omega Road was at Taste Our Tawar, an annual event here in the Livermore Valley that showcases wine and food pairings. Omega Road was new on the Livermore Wine Road, and the Henkelmans had a booth in the New to the Valley section. I remember the wines just made me stop and stand back and think, wow, what are they doing? I need to know these folks. They are making some beautiful wines. So I got to know Alex and her dad and partner in wine crime, Ken, and her mom, Nikki. Um, Alex is an active member in the wine community here in Livermore Valley, supporting the growing cadre of women who are working in wine here. And the family just debuted their newly expanded tasting room, um, which is um, a major, major upgrade, so to speak. It's just beautiful. If you had been to the old tasting room, it was charming and quaint, but this is so welcoming and just like a hip, cool place to hang out. So it is exciting to see how the family has grown and succeeded with the Omega Road label, but not just succeed, they are thriving. And we are thrilled to be here in the tasting room with Alex and her dog, Millie, and we are thrilled to have you on. Welcome to Sip Sip Hooray, Alex. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I know people can't see, but... My grin is so wide. It is. (laughs) It is rather ear to ear, and that's really fun. I think you may be the first father-daughter team that we've done. Mary and I have been in this for a while with our wine TV show and now um, the podcast, and I don't remember another father-daughter duo doing wine. So what is that like, and how did that come about? Uh, I would say 99% of the time it's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, There is that, you know, 1%. uh, No, my dad and I have always been close. Uh, We started making wine together as a hobby uh, many, many moons ago. Um, And it was something that we both kind of fell in love with. He has this history in the wine industry, which is great. Um, But you know, walked away from the industry for several years. And so when he rediscovered his love of winemaking, uh, I got to join along in that journey. And it was something that I fell in love with too. And so we uh, kind of embarked on this journey together um, over a decade ago and fell in love with it. And so here we are and have opened a tasting room um, and still 
still love making wine together, which is great. <laughs> That's fantastic. So um, you have to tell our listeners the story of your father, Ken, and um, his work in the wine industry, which um, is really exciting. It is. It is. Uh, my dad, when he got out of the service, um, he was living in Napa. His family all lived in Napa. And so to finish his college degree, he, you know, worked to make ends meet, as many do. And uh, he had the privilege of getting a job uh, working for Mike Gergich at Robert Mondavi. And He's is, just a legend in I mean, the wine industry. Yes, insane. Absolutely. Um, Can you tell our listeners kind yes. of why Mike is so... So, Legendary. so many of you, I'm sure, have heard of The Judgment of Paris, this second fantastic international competition, in essence, that uh, showcased or pit against each other, really, um, some American wines, California wines, Napa wines in particular, against some of the world-renowned French wines. And at the end of this competition tasting, uh, it was the Napa Valley Wines that won and were considered the best in the world. And one of those wines was produced by Mike Gergich uh, as he was the winemaker at Chateau Montalena. So your dad just lucked into or wound up working with Mike Gergich? He did. He did. For a time, Mike was the winemaker at Robert Mondavi. And so my dad was working in the cellar for him at Robert Mondavi. And then Mike went over to Chateau Montalena and needed, needed extra hands. And so my dad followed. Um, so he worked there between, if I'm not mistaken, 1969 and 1973, uh, sort of the sp spring summer of 1973 when he graduated, found a job, and was sad to, but moved on from the wine industry for a while. But he called him back <laughs> in. He never really <laughs> forgot it, I don't did think he? once you're in wine, I don't think you can forget. It is... It is an industry that just gets in your blood and gets in your bones, and you just can't ignore, I think, the the draw of it. Okay, so, so he's, he went on and did another industry. He did. Uh, healthcare administration, hospital administration, and biomedical engineering. Okay, so then how did Omega Road come about? So about 15 years ago, uh, my dad was working for a local hospital uh, as an administrator, and wanted to do something, as many of us do, to, you know, when you're not at work and not on the clock, you want to do something to kind of bring some creativity into your life. And so for my dad, uh, that was home winemaking. So he bought a couple of kits, tried it out, loved it, was reminded of all of the things he loved about winemaking. And so the next year, rather than continue purchasing winemaking kits, he um, made some contacts and purchased crepes uh, and started making wine in my parents' garage. Um, within a couple of years, I had graduated from school, from college, moved back to the area and, you know, was, was over at my folks' house one day and was like, well, this is kind of strange, strange. I mean, there's grapes in the garage and this is weird and also kind of interesting. Sure. And so started helping out. Um, we really started kind of experimenting and I started to fall in love with this <laughs> strange world of winemaking. Um, and then within the next year, we signed up for classes here at Las Positas. It is a community college in Livermore Valley. 
Um, but the program that they have built for their wine and viticulture is really designed as a feeder into Davis. Um, Dave Everett is the program director and has built an incredible program. And so by getting involved in the program, we really got to see not just the idea of winemaking, but it was hands-on experience working with local winemakers and really understanding the, the balance of this, you know, craft, the art, and also the science. Um, and we fell in love with it, and here we are. Fantastic. <laughs> so what's it like taking a class with your father? <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. Um, like I said, my dad and I are close, We're, and we always have been. Um, so that part wasn't hard, but uh, my dad, for anybody who knows him, also has a, a hearing issue. And so oftentimes... I think I was more translator than anything else, um, but it worked out great. Mm-hmm. And, okay. you know, the things we all latch onto things as we're in a class or reading a book or watching a movie or whatever. And so the things that he took away and the things that he latched onto were different than the things that I did. And so it actually was this very cool kind of partnership, which is really carried through into what we do today. Yeah, how, what is the division of labor when you're working with your dad at the winery? And he has the previous experience mm-hmm. from his uh, earlier life. So how do you guys figure out who does what? Um, you know, we, we work together pretty well for the most part. And so it means that we can easily say, hey, I'll take care of this if you take care of that. So he's not the alpha. Uh, no, no, <laughs> he's not. He's, he's incredibly respectful and supportive. Um. You know, there's been grapes that he's wanted to try out and we've done things with. And there are times that I come to him with an idea of, I want to try a stainless steel aged Carignan. What do you think? And he's like, it's strange. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually quite, um, it is quite a partnership. And, and I think we're able to really balance each other out. Um, you know, there's the, there's the, there's the technique and the process that needs to to be in place, but there's also this creativity. And, and so really being able to find the balance in those things, I think has served us well and something that we're able to do well. Sure. Real quick, before we move on, Mayor, uh, what did you study in college? Economics and marketing. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's super applicable. Yeah. Um, I take things that I learned in college, certainly, and still apply them to the industry yeah. and apply them to our business. Um, That's helpful. It's good. And I got my master's in food studies. So also great. Also fantastic. And sort of my other passion in life, food and wine. So I can't go wrong. So why the name Omega Road? (laughs) Um, I wish there was a really fantastic story behind the name Omega Road. You can make one up. Um, I should. (laughs) I really should. Um, But the reality is we actually started in a building on Omega Road. And so I it was in its infancy, just this idea of starting a winery and just starting to, you know, if you've started any business, there's a lot of paperwork that you have to file, especially when it does with alcohol. And so we were just filing all of our paperwork and I was trying to find the perfect name that represented everything that we were going to do and everything that we could do and everything about who we were. And I still hadn't found anything yet and hadn't really come to like that right name. And so my dad said, well, I'm going to submit our paperwork under Omega Road Winery because that is where we are and if we need to change it we will change it okay fine thinking all along that of course we're going to change it no we we didn't change it we're still Omega Road Winery I like it it's 
it's the story of where we started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we it went from garage to a gosh, 10 by or 20 by 15 foot space where we decided we could make all kinds of wine and that was here in Livermore as well. Uh, it was actually in San Ramon okay. on Omega Road and we cannot make a lot of wine in a, you know, 300 square foot space. <laughs> and so we uh, we moved out here to Livermore and when we moved, we all kind of talked about it as a family. Mm-hmm. So do we want to change our name? And we're like, no, this is, it's the history of us. It's the history of where we started. So how did you decide to come to Livermore and not go somewhere else? Uh, it was actually quite a conversation. My dad, as I mentioned, grew up in Napa um, and he still had at that point quite a bit of family up in Napa. And so we had talked about taking the winery up to Napa. Um, but as we were considering who we were as winemakers and the business that we wanted to start as a winery, um, we found the Livermore community to be so welcoming um, and such a community that we wanted to be a part of that. Um, we had met people through our classes at the college. So we had started to become a part of this community. And it was something that really stuck out to us as being important because, you know, wine is wine is more than just something that you enjoy in your glass. It's more than something that you put in a bottle and sell and, you know, forget about it. It's about the community and, and we couldn't do what we do without this community. Um, and, and that goes not just to our fellow winemakers and winery owners, but also to our customers, our guests as they join us. It's this community that we wanted to be a part of. So for someone who has not been to the Livermore Valley wine country or wine community, tell can you kind of uh, explain why it's so special, what it looks like, and when, what is the magic of this place? There's a lot of magic in this place. I love that you said that. Uh, Livermore Valley is, it is a community. Um, it is a family. Most of the wineries are family owned and operated and have been. Uh, many of them for multiple generations. It is largely, if I'm not mistaken, like 95% are privately owned. Um, And everything that we do here in Livermore Valley is really about bettering ourselves and bettering our community. Um, And so it's, it's really incredible. And you can get just such a range of beautiful experiences too. Um, There's, there's beautiful vineyard covered hills we are located in this very cool up-and-coming industrial area called Vasco Row. Uh, there's an incredible downtown that continues to grow with amazing restaurants. Um, and there's just a life that is part of Livermore Valley that continues to, to grow. And I think it's exciting to see what it's becoming. Absolutely. So one thing that's exciting, I think, are listeners would be excited to know is that unlike your neighbors to the north um, there's not just one varietal that defines the region there's many many different varieties and we have one in our glass can you tell (laughs) us about this I I realize this doesn't these grapes don't come from Mm -hmm. Livermore but it just um, to me speaks to the spirit of experimentation and what's possible Absolutely. I've been taking sneaky little sips from it because we... <laughs> well done. We, <laughs> how dare you? It's delicious, but go ahead. Yes, Thank you. Uh, so what we're sipping on is our 2021 Torantes. Um, Torantes is an Argentinian varietal, which is 
just not as common. Um, it's it, my first. <laughs> I feel honored. Oh, I feel so oh, wow. honored. I love that. I've, I've never even heard of Toronto. Oh, I okay. love Torontes. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It Sorry, is. I have a cold. No worries. As I mentioned, it's an, it's an Argentinian <laughs> varietal. Right. So as Spain was colonizing the world, mm-hmm. uh, they naturally brought grape cuttings with them. And so in Argentina, when they landed in Argentina and settled there, uh, they started hybridizing basically some grapes and so torantes is one of those new varietals so it's attributed to argentina uh widely grown in spain and portugal and grown beautifully up in lodi so we get these grapes from silva spoon vineyards we don't own our own vineyards as omega road so we have the privilege of working with other growers um and silva spoon's vineyard is one of our favorite growers to work with all of their vineyards are Lodi Rules farmed, so sustainably green certified. Um, and the treatment of workers in particular is exceptional, which okay. are all things that are important to us. Okay. Uh, but Torantes sits in this really beautiful place in between a sort of fruit forward stainless steel Chardonnay, a floral Viognier, and a little bit of a citrusy lemongrassy Sauvignon Blanc. That is a perfect description. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the perfect blend of sort of all three of those, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. makes it fantastic for, you know, sipping on warm days. Yes. Or blustery, windy ones, as the case may be. <laughs> it is uh, so gorgeous. It's, it's like a little party in your mouth. There's all kinds of things going on. It's lovely. It, it's just, you know, I could just smell it um, for hours because it's it's a very perfumey nose, mm-hmm. but it's not overly perfumey either, and it's when you taste it, I think the thing that might be surprising is that it's got really, really great acid. So it's like you said, Mary, be a, a party in your mouth. It's lively. It's exciting. It's vibrant. Yeah. Mm. It is so cool to see how, you know, what what you smell, what you knows, your expectation is going to be a little bit sweeter. And then as you take a sip, it really, that, like you said, the acid-driven sort of palate means that it's really clean, it's really crisp. It also means it's good for food. Again, I just yeah. can't get over that. Mm-hmm. Thai food, spicy food. Right. Oh, really yes, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So Oh, it's what a fun, a fun discovery. Yes. That's so cool. Torantes. Torantes. And you know, it seems to me that people can come to Livermore and have discoveries like mm. this. Yes. Definitely. Livermore because of where we're located. So we're located east of the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay. Um, and we have this incredible wind, this fog that comes through and cools the valley down at night. But we get these beautifully warm days, you know, during the daylight. And so we have this this perfect kind of balance of warm days, cool nights, diurnal shifts for all the wine geeks out there, mm-hmm. um, which are perfection for growing grapes plus with the hills and the valleys here um and there used to be a you know a a waterway a river running through you have just this soil that's incredibly fertile and can grow so many things a lot of places uh geographically speaking can only grow like bordeaux style wines or burgundian wines or rhone style wines and in livermore we can kind of grow anything it's it's pretty spectacular so when you are purchasing wine grapes, so you don't have your own vineyards, do, what drives do you decide, I want to go find somebody growing 
grapes for torontes or do you say oh that this grower i like has something cool i'm going to make a wine from you know like what it's like a chicken and egg which one's first do you find the grapes which then directs what you're going to make or do you decide what you're going to make and then go find the grapes yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean realistically it's both of those okay um we, one of the things we love doing, one of the things my dad and I have always said is we want to find varietals uh, that are a little different, that are a little unique, that are a little interesting, hence Torantes. Um, but we also love getting to work with varietals that are grown beautifully and speak to the place, right? Uh, so it really is both of those. With the Torantes, we had been working with this grower, Ron Silva, um, previously, and He's like, hey, I have some extra fruit one year. Would you like to purchase it? And so that's when our first experience with Torantes was. And after that, well, we were hooked. Yeah. <laughs> how could you not uh, be? How could you not be? <laughs> um, and actually just this past harvest, he said, I have some extra menthea. Oh. Uh, one of my customers decreased what they were going to bring in. And so is it something you guys would like to experiment with? Yeah. We said yes. Menthea is a Spanish variety. It is. Galician. Um, yes, yes. And um, how would you describe menthea? Oh, it's so And it good. looks like mencia, M-E-N-T-I-A. Yes, yes. Because uh, I'm of course, thinking menth, like menthol or mint right. or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's it's that Catalanian, yeah. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking where the C's become yeah. T-H. Yeah. Right. Uh, is, it so, from, is it from the Priorat region? I believe close next to, so I think it's sort of tangential. Tangential. Yes. 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 Um, it is, it's really fun. So one of the things I think is beautiful about it is it's a little bit lighter. So it's a little bit lighter. Um, there's a little bit of floral notes that come through. Uh, the color is really vibrant. Um, and then there's this berry quality, but it's, it's not, it's like light and fresh berries. Um, but it's quite refreshing. We actually just tasted it for our barrel tasting weekend mm-hmm. uh, here in the valley. And uh, we're going to be releasing it over the summer in August. So it's it's a pretty quick, for us at least, it's a pretty quick turnaround wine. Mm-hmm. It's also typically used in blending. That's one of the things that we like to experiment with is take these wines, these grape varietals that are used in blends, and is there a way that we can showcase them for their own individual beauty? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, you know, because there are these, wonderful blending grapes that on their own like Petit Verdot is one yes. and on its own is really pretty fantastic usually it's used in a Bordeaux style blend for color and mm. tannins or what they call structure but on its own it's pretty fantastic it is well and and Petit Verdot has has really started gaining a bit of traction on its own but it's been a long time coming mm-hmm. um we've also worked with Carignan Again, another varietal that's typically used for blends. The color in particular is so vibrant, um, and it's used to kind of boost up color in other blends. But we think it's fantastic, and so we've gotten to play around with that a little bit as well. And, you know, again, finding the the interesting things that we can pull that really speak to not just the grape varietal itself, but also where it's grown and how you know sort of those hands really cultivated into something spectacular and do you find your customers are interested in trying something different are always they, yeah always for a long time we would have customers come in and say oh what's your chardonnay yeah we'll have the chardonnay mm-hmm. right keep play it i don't safe. make a chardonnay uh-huh. uh, so instead 
what do you like about Chardonnay and, and what can I pour you that's going to satisfy that same sweet spot for you, but maybe be just something different. And so that's always a fun experiment and it's, it's a fun growing opportunity, oh, sure. I think, not just for us, but for our guests Right, as well. that's a great way because if you said, well, we don't make Chardonnay, they're going to turn out right. around and go out the door. <laughs> You've lost them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you've brought some other wines for I us have. to try. I have. So speaking of Livermore, pour and pass. So Livermore uh, does incredible things. Um, again, because of how we're situated and where we're situated, we can grow so many incredible f- varieties of grapes, varietals. Um, and so this is a Sangiovese. So Sangiovese, Italian varietal, obviously. Um, or maybe not obviously. I shouldn't no. say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but um, None of it is ever obvious. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> People may know Chianti and yes. Sangiovese is the grape of Chianti. Yes. So this or is, Brunello. This is our 2020 Sangiovese from right here in Livermore. Uh, it's a vineyard right on Buena Vista, so close to sort of a lot of the hills, um, and grown by a female vineyard owner um, as well. So um, fun to highlight. She's got a small uh, couple of acres planted, um, and we are super thankful to be one of the few wineries that gets some of this fruit. It's, this is a really special Sangiovese. It's so aromatic, and um, I get spice. I definitely. Um, I get a lot of um, licorice, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's that anise mm-hmm. quality that comes through. Um, balanced with berries, you know, of course, uh, it is a little bit lighter as well. It, it wasn't an oak too long, only about, if I'm doing my math correctly, only about 18 months, Mm -hmm. but it gave it a chance to sort of mellow and smooth, Mm -hmm. uh, but still retain a lot of that acidity, a lot of that brightness, uh, and the balanced tannin as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fabulous on its own. I know obviously we're sipping without any food with it, but I mean, the acidity driven kind of finish also means food's fantastic too. Okay. Well, as a food person, what would you mm. pair with this? One of my favorite go-tos is Italian. I'm yeah. not, I don't have a lick of Italian blood in me, but I just love Italian food. Sure. <laughs> um, so any of your tomato based dishes are fantastic. The acidity in the tomatoes pairs really nicely with the acidity in the wine. Oh, um, okay. Tomatoes also have like a little bit of sweetness. And so it kind of mm-hmm. that acidity sweetness balances really nicely as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, when you also get a little bit of like ricotta cheese and a little bit of that nutty kind of fatty qualities, it's kind of just fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And yes. um, just just brings it home. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So and true. It'd be a good pizza wine, too. It's a great pizza wine. It's a great pizza wine. Yes. Good Indeed. tip. I like it. Sangiovese for pizza. Absolutely. So set the scene for us here. Um, talk about where your tasting room was originally mm-hmm. and um, kind of you mentioned that you're part of Vasca Rose so talk about that um, your neighbors what it's like being part of Vasca Rose and then about your newly opened tasting room in the current location yes um, so we have been so excited to uh, expand a bit over the past six months into a semi-new space uh, our tasting room now occupies what was first the winery, both tasting room and full production. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. And we're in about a thousand square feet. So okay. it's not very big. 
Um, but it is where we started. It's where we started with all of our tanks, all of our barrels, all of our equipment. Um, we expanded from there sort of across our driveway, um, but are now really excited to be back in this space with just the tasting room. And then next door to us is sort of our expanded production facility as well. Um, but Vasco Row is fantastic. We're thrilled to be a part of such a great group of businesses. Um, we are in an industrial complex, but there are, I believe, eight wineries, eight or nine wineries. We have two breweries and a distillery. Uh, there's live music most weekends. So do people uh, just cruise up and down? They and do. Kind of go kind wine tasting, you know, not bar hopping, but, you know, winery yeah. hopping. It's, it's great, especially if you're new to an area to get to discover so many different wineries at once. Right. It's fantastic. There's oftentimes food trucks as well, so you can really make an experience out of it. Visit a few wineries, grab some lunch or sort of a pre-dinner, um, and then go downtown and have dinner, and it's great. Um, it's a it's a cool group of people that's really supportive. We did our first block party last year, which was great. Fun. Um, and we're planning one again for this summer. So, oh, that's so cool. cool because you know often we think of wine tasting and we think of driving up to the chateau or yes. the you know the big thing and the long driveway and all of that. And those are wonderful experiences. Don't get me wrong. But that's like a, it's a one stop, right? Yes. And you're, that's the one winery. But to kind of have a more interactive, funky walk along and just pop in, perhaps meet the winemaker <laughs> and, you know, grab a food truck nibble and grab something that goes with it. It's yes. just, I love that. It's fantastic. It's, um, you know, as, as a winemaker, it's very cool because it also means that I can call up any one of my neighbors and say, hey, I have this issue. Uh, my pump broke down or, you know, my barrel is leaking. Any advice? What can I do? And and any number of the local winemakers will, no problem, I got you, run on down. Yeah, right? they're, and they're really right next door. They're they not are. far. They are. I mean, it's it's like not even a half a mile, right? Right. Uh, do you guys share a lot of stuff? Are you borrowing things all the time? Not actually. Uh, most of us have, I think, quite a bit of our own equipment, but there is just that community partnership feel. Um, which is fantastic. And for our guests who get to come and enjoy, it's also really great. We spoke earlier about sort of this uh, innovation that comes out of Livermore Valley, and they get to experience that, um, again, because it's all so close. And, and Livermore is very cool in that there's several of these kind of pockets yeah. um, in various places. Well, I think what makes it a great experience, too, and very different from some other wine regions is that among these eight or nine wineries, each one has its own personality, mm -hmm. which, you know, you totally feel the moment you walk into each tasting room. Definitely. I, I think there's, each winery has a very strong perspective, um, and they do what they do well. Uh -huh. uh, they're not trying to be like anybody else. It's not trying to be, you know, this very stereotypical wine tasting room or anything like that. Each winery is really about doing what they do best. Um, and it's it's a cool thing to be a part of, and it's super encouraging as well. Well, I love that you guys are, uh, there's a community here, as you said yes. earlier. And another in community that you're involved with here in Livermore and the wine is the Women's Wine Collective. Yes. Can you tell us more about that and, and why that was appealing to you and what, mm. what, your, what your hopes are with it? It's it's so exciting. Um, actually, a conversation with, with you, Mary, I uh, 
we had a few months ago sort of reminded us of how incredible this community of women is in Livermore. Um, So in California, the last sort of average taken was that there are 14% of wineries with women in leadership roles. So that's women owners or women winemakers. Um, And here in Livermore Valley, that number is easily doubled, um, which is Great. Amazing. Yeah, impressive. Uh, it's super impressive and it's super exciting. And as a community of women, again, I have I have women in my phone that I can easily call or text uh, with questions or needing advice about a certain batch of wine that we're working on or whatever it may be. And so we decided to formalize that a bit more. And so we have recently started the Women's Wine Collective of Livermore Valley. It's really a group meant to be supportive and encouraging, um, provide some collaboration and inspiration to each other, and also welcoming. So whether you are um, an owner or a winemaker or an assistant winemaker or a tasting room manager, uh, kind of whatever your role is in that, if you are part of driving wines, if you are a part of driving wines within Livermore Valley, we want you to be a part of it. And um, it's it's very exciting. Our, our first event is tonight, and we're <laughs> super excited about it. Showcasing 10 different wineries with women uh, leaders. Um, so that's, again, winemakers, assistant winemakers, owners. Um, and we've got a, an event planned for May as well. That'll be May 4th. And so we're, we're just excited to be together as a group. Our first meeting together, you know, formally and officially, coming together it was like long lost friends all meeting Mm -hmm. it was fantastic Mm -hmm. um and within the first you know two hours of us all connecting in person uh there were already you know plans for not only events but also side conversations about I'm trying this thing and I'm not sure what to do oh I've I've done that before let me help and it's Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful to see how women can support each other and provide a safe space for each other mm-hmm. um, because people could easily say well you know there's great support from the men in this community too why don't you all meet together what what are the advantages to having a women's group and and to echo that there are great men in this community who are very supportive um, and there are as winemakers we often all meet together as well um yeah, this is not eliminating no, those friendships. No, not at all. Part, yeah, partnerships. It's really celebrating sort of the different perspective that that women tend to have. And it's being able to connect in um, a space that's a little bit more approachable uh, for women, especially as we, you know, are doing some experimentation with different types of wine and different blends or different vessels, whatever it may be. Uh, it it provides that sort of security, which is great. Well, I wish you guys luck with it. And I think it's terrific that you even were inspired to do something like that, to bring women together and make opportunities and friendships, as you said. And and your dad's not bummed to not be a part of it. (laughs) He's not. He's incredibly supportive. He thinks it's great. Um, and, And I think it's also cool for just the community as a whole to kind of have insight and highlight some of these incredible women that maybe don't get their face sort of on the front of things as much or sort of that recognition. Um, We talk a lot about representation matters 
And and I think this is one way where we can support that, support representation of the women in the industry, um, and get to celebrate it. So let's try the next wine. Excellent. So we are, uh, again, tasting a Livermore Valley wine. This is our Cabernet Sauvignon. It's from 2019, and it is from a vineyard off of Greenville Road. Um, it's on a property actually owned by another winery, Three Steves Winery, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, the 29 vintage, I'm sorry, the 2019 vintage um, is really beautiful. It's, it is everything that you love about a cab um, that really speaks to the land itself. Uh, it's not, it's, it's bold, it's fruit forward. It has some nice spice to it. Uh, it was aged in a bit of once used American oak. So you get a little bit of that baking spice coming through, but not too much. It's not overwhelming and overpowering. Um, it adds as a nice compliment. Ooh, that's great. Thank you. We just released this last year. Um, but it is, again, you have this beautiful fruit that comes through. You have a little bit of kind of woodiness, earthiness to it as well. Um, but then those those little hints of baking spices, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. just add a little bit of rounding out, not mm-hmm. sweetness or anything like that, just kind of rounding out that palate. It's a bold wine, but it is not like an excessively over-tannic, over-extracted yes. fruit bomb. Yes. it. I think whenever, uh, as we continually try to, I mean, as, as we all do, improve on what we do, um, our goal is always to create elegant wines that are approachable. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want somebody to take a sip of one of our wines and say, I don't get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> because there are some of those yeah. wines. I've had them where, you know, they're renowned wines mm-hmm. and you taste it and you're like, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. I must be missing something. I'm so glad you said that because that happens <laughs> to me too. And like everybody's super excited about this one and I taste it and really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I it's, know that feeling as well. It's so if we can, if we can make things that the moment somebody takes a sip, it it's like that settled, ah, oh, yes, this is good. It may not be somebody's favorite wine. We all have our preferences and that's okay. But it's about creating something and crafting something that is, again, just that you want to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can enjoy it as you're cooking dinner. You can enjoy it during dinner. Friends coming together, family coming together. I, those are the moments we want it to be part of the celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing when your dad was up in Napa, he was making some cabs. He was, yes. And I wondered. And, and some Chardonnay. Shocking. And, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, maybe he hasn't told you, but I would be curious to know that what he tasted or what he knows notices as the differences between a typical uh, Napa Valley cab and a Livermore Valley cab. Are there differences or is it, uh, you know, is he crafting a similar style here or what? I mean, there's definitely differences, especially today. You know, we're talking his time in Napa was over 50 years ago. And so the style then, I would say, was actually probably more similar to what Livermore Valley is today. It spoke to, I think, the land itself really well. Um, and it spoke to sort of winemaker style coming into play as well. And I think now, you know, there's, there's again, beautiful wine coming out of Napa. Uh, but there's definitely much more of a Napa style of wine that tends to be a bit bolder. And I think most of what we do tends to be a little bit more reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, really, when we think about 
wine, it's, it is finding that balance between sipping wine and food wine. And I always want to f- create wines that are complemented by food. Mm-hmm. I want to create a magical experience all the way around, um, not just in the glass, because it's more than that. It is. It is. And most For us, us, it starts there. Sure. But it's more than that. But most of us have wine with food. Yes. We start having it while we're making the food, and then we have another glass when we're eating <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not the only one that does that. No, no. no. But, um, and that's the fun of it. And, um, you know, I've read that you have this very strong belief that wine brings people together, and that's important. And why is that important to you? It is. I think that I think that we need more connection in our life um, and in our lives. And I think that it's really easy to get caught up in the craziness around us and jobs and family and kids and this and that. Um, and those are important things. And it's also really important to connect with each other. And for us, uh, in in my family, that's part of that experience has always been around wine. And so for me, seeing that when I was young um, and getting to participate in that as I got older really cemented what what we're creating is more than just, again, a beautiful glass, a beautiful bottle of wine. That is where it starts. That's the foundation for sure. Mm-hmm. But it is about the connection that it provides. Wine helps us, I think, um, relax a little bit and I don't mean it in a in a cliche way but but you open a bottle of wine and it's it's like opening a piece of yourself mm-hmm. it's it's not just again it's not just pouring water out of the tap or anything like that it's you go through you go through the experience of getting out your key pulling the cork out pouring a glass for people around you and it's, it's partaking in something together. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's something really special about that and something that we need more often. That togetherness, that connection, that community. Um, and we thought that before there was a global pandemic <laughs> and that's only reinforced <laughs> how much oh, goodness, yes. we need it now. Yeah, um, so, oh, so well said. I love that. I too. All right. So when you're not working hard here at Omega <laughs> Road, what do you, what are you up to? I know you mentioned you like cooking. What mm. other kind of things are you into? I do love cooking. Do uh, finding new recipes is always fun mm. um, and getting to experiment in the kitchen a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that's always very exciting. Um, being outside, being by the beach. So we'll sometimes go over to like Half Moon Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is always one of my just happy places that I, soothes my soul. I hear you. Um, it's such a good reset, the ocean. It is. And just recently I have taken up riding a motorcycle. Ooh. <laughs> I was not that expecting is, that. <laughs> oh, yes. Go, Alex. Uh, that is a new uh, source of joy as well. Oh my yes. goodness. Now what kind of motorcycle? Is it like a big old hog or what do we it's have not. going? Um, so my, my partner uh, gently prompted the idea that uh, he has a motorcycle and said, you know, well, if you want to ride together, you should learn how. So I took a class and got my motorcycle license. And so now I'm currently riding a Ducati Monster. 
Wow. <laughs> I mean, those things are fast. Ducatis are, yeah. Right. And, and a monster <laughs> makes it <even laughs> faster. Maybe. I mean, always trying wow. to be safe. Yeah, um, of course. But there is something very uh, unique about being on a motorcycle and you're really like a part of everything around you, not just sort of watching it go by. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a great way of clearing the head because you can't focus on anything except riding the motorcycle mm-hmm. and, and being aware of everything around you. So yeah. everything else has to fall away. Where do you go ride? Um, we've been uh, sort of around the Bay Area. Uh, there's some great hills and, and things like that. Uh, even here in Livermore, Mines Road is fun. Um, and up through the Delta, which was beautiful. And yeah, just trying to find, unfortunately, lately, haven't had a lot of opportunities uh, to really explore. Right. With all, we've had uh, so much rain recently. So between the, the rain and the awful. move and the remodel of everything, mm, it's, sure. it's been a little crazy. But yes, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a really beautiful well, I, piece of joy. That's really fun and very adventurous of yes. you. That's one of those, you know, you like, that's giddy up. You're going for it. So oh, yeah. it's good Definitely. for you. Definitely. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, I wanted to ask you about your labels because they mm-hmm. have gone through an evolution since yes. you started. <laughs> they have. Um, so as we started, we, we sort of stuck to the, the very simple uh, just expression of what is the grape? Uh, where is it from? What is the vintage, right? The, the bare minimum details. And as we've grown, we've really um, sort of expanded on that. Our label currently has some sort of abstract hills on it. And so the hills are really a representation of Livermore Valley. Um, I, I think this valley is so special. And so we wanted to represent that in our label. Um, the sort of top hill is Mount Diablo which is the northern tip of our Appalachian. Uh, And so the Mount Diablo Hills. Uh, We then, the second sort of layer um, is the Dublin Gap, which is sort of that passway for those beautiful bay breezes to come through and and influence Livermore Valley. And then the bottom layer is our Altamont Hills, um, sort of the the gateway into the Central Valley, uh, which again keeps... Livermore Valley a bit cooler than the Central Valley, but still keeping that warm days, cool nights shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really a representation of that. Cool. That's really pretty. And the Omega's cool too. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's have the last wine. Excellent. So this is um, this is not yet released. Oh. Ooh, we're getting a preview, a sneak peek. So this is a sneak peek. This is our 2019 Cabernet Franc. So Cabernet Franc is, again, a varietal that typically uh, was only used in blends. But again, over the past few years, over the past decade, it's really gained a bit of traction in its own right. Um, And so we are highlighting it. It's 100% Cabernet Franc. The grapes are actually from Fair Play. So this is in the foothills, the foothills Mm -hmm. of the Sierras. Um, And it's a small appellation, but beautiful beautiful fruit and so we're actually releasing this this weekend um wow. i love it i love so Cabernet. and yeah, mary's big on Cabernet. it's just so expressive and just when you smell it you get all those beautiful violets but ooh, there's a cool <laughs> herbal quality yeah, there to is it, a very right? cool herbal yeah, that's quality, great but some soft rose petal like tea rose not red yes. but tea rose it's 
to me, this is everything that I want to make in a wine always. Oh. It's, and, and Cab Franc for me is one of those varietals that just speaks to, I think, our style of winemaking. Mm-hmm. Um, Cab Franc really exemplifies where it's grown, which is fantastic. And Cab Franc is grown beautifully here in Livermore. And thankfully, thankfully, more is being planted because there's just not enough of it. Right. Mm. And so um, when we had access to these grapes out of Fair Play, we were really excited. And we got to taste them sort of along the growing process. Um, and we were thrilled. And we think it's just beautiful. It's it's a little bit more reserved. It's a little bit elegant. It's a little bit lighter. Um, but it's, it's just beautifully well-rounded as well. Bravo. It's really delicious. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're very, very excited about it. All right. What would be your favorite dish with Cab Franc? I really love like a cassoulet. It to me hearty, warm, heartwarming dishes yeah. is really what it comes down to and I think this would be beautiful with that especially with some of those herbs that you can pull yeah. in and um, the creaminess of the beans I think would be fantastic with the acidity in the wine, yeah. uh, saltiness of like the pork. I I think all of that would come together and just just be pretty perfect. You know what I'm thinking is um um lamb mm. grilled rack of lamb that you've um instead of the whole thing grilled you um slice it so you have the individual yes. lamb lollipops basically yes and you have um a mint um like a marinade or jelly yeah. with yes. it i think that's what came to my mind mm. our wine assistant um who is a dear friend of mine as well she makes an incredible oh. Her lamb is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, and that is very much sort of that simple, reserved style that really mm-hmm. lets the ingredients shine. Yeah. It it would be perfect with this as well, mm-hmm. definitely. I'm going to go back to pizza yes. and also uh-huh. mushroom pizza. <gasps> mushroom pizza. <laughs> so we have oh done gosh. this also with like a mushroom risotto. So Ooh. not traditional, right? Like risotto, mushroom is Italian, mm. but the cap from mushrooms. Um, so we just did baby bellas. Okay. Uh, but it would be fantastic with sh- shiitake mushrooms, mm. I think. Yes. So Gosh, you guys are making me hungry. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> that is the danger when we start talking about food. <laughs> so you've just moved in here. Any Anything else new on the horizon or coming up that we should know about before we have to say goodbye? Um, We are... We are excited to be uh, sort of introducing some new wine tasting classes. Uh, So those will be coming over the summer, um, which are going to be really fun, getting to taste different things about wine. And will you do that here in the winery so people will be invited in? Great. We will, definitely. So a barrel class, a sort of taste of winemaking class, things like that. Uh, We also have some incredible partnerships with insanely amazing and talented chefs. And so we have some cool collaborations coming up as well. Um, And then we're also excited to participate in some fantastic events coming up in the Valley. There's Cab Francapalooza that's happening in June. Uh, So we'll be participating with our Cab Franc, uh, which is great. And then, of course, we've got some fantastic new wines coming. Um, We have new wine release soon, but also over the summer, we'll be releasing some of those fun varietals like our Menthea. Uh, some carignan, things like that. So um, for people who want to come visit, yes, um, what are they going to see when they walk into the tasting room? We haven't, because we have <laughs> the decor is really 
Cool. Just describe Thank it briefly, you. and also let's talk a, bit, a little bit about Millie because oh, we're yes. probably going to meet Let, Millie. If you say her name, she might wake uh, up. Yes. She's been quiet <laughs> since we started. After the initial barking off, yeah. she's resting now. Um, so Millie, uh, we'll start with her because she really is the first uh, face you see as you <laughs> enter Omega Road. Uh, Millie is our mascot. Um, she's the most wonderful little mascot and representative of us, and greets everyone as they come in. She's our little uh, sheepoo. Um, dog, and she's like I said, she's she's the best. She's darling. Um, but as you come in uh, to the main tasting room, we have really created a space that we hope is warm and welcoming and approachable. It's a space where you can certainly taste some new wines. We have flights available always, um, or grab a glass with a friend or share a bottle amongst a few. Uh, we have a fantastic bench seat that my dad built. In fact, oh, <laughs> oh, it's terrific. I'm um, sitting on it. It's yes. great. Uh, so we have our bench seat against the back wall that sits under a fantastic green wall that we created. Love it. Um, I think there's over 2,000 zip ties holding that whole thing together. <laughs> <laughs> and what is the greenery? Uh, so it is a faux eucalyptus garland. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, we have a really beautiful bar that I'm so proud of. We restored it. We, we were able to purchase it from a restaurant that was closing. Mm. Um, and so we restored the entirety of it. It's copper and wood. Uh, thank you. Um, so you're welcome to belly up to the bar, grab a seat at the benches. We've got couches as well that are a bit more comfortable um, and perfect for relaxing with friends and catching up. Uh, and things of that nature. So and you've got a you've got a golden rhino. Yes. On the- <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that, but now I'm looking directly at it. Yes, uh, he has been dubbed Oscar. Oscar uh, by my team. Nice. Um, Oscar uh, was sort of one of those random things we saw at a garage sale, and it spoke <laughs> to us. He just spoke to us, um, and so we painted him gold to you know, have the royal treatment that he deserved. (laughs) I love it. But the space is a bit eclectic, uh, but again, warm and welcoming always. Um, And and I think for me, it's very cool because it was a vision sort of that I had, but it was this very unclear vision. (laughs) And my partner helped make sense of, well, I want it to feel welcoming. And he said, well, what does that mean for the color? I said, but I want it to feel welcoming. (laughs) He helped define that. And understand what that actually meant. And then this team that that we have built up really helped in everything and helped refinishing the furniture and, and building out the space. And uh, it, it was very much a team effort and a family effort. So... Well, that feels really good to hear that. You know, yeah. that makes it even more special. So Definitely. congratulations to you. And again, it the winery is Omega Road Winery, and they are on the Vasco Road? Road. Road. <laughs> Not Road. And um, gosh, Alex, we're just so happy to have spent the time with you. So fun to get to know you. Thank you. And I wish you and your dad continued success with all of this. Thank you. And it's just been so great to see all your success and everything that you and Ken have accomplished together ever since I first met you. So it's so exciting to be back with you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And um, we look forward to whatever you do next so <laughs> hey sip, cheers sip, to hooray. that yes sip, 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 hooray, hooray.
Well, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. We hope if you enjoyed the show that you'll share it with your friends, your family, spread the word about the Sip Sip Hooray podcast. Absolutely. So yeah, give us a review, give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Follow us on social media. We are at Sip Sip Hooray podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a comment, leave us a question. Uh, let's engage, let's have a conversation. It's not just me and Mary talking at you. It's me and Mary B wanting to also listen. If you've got ideas, we welcome them. You can also get more information on our podcast at sipsipparaypodcast.com. Absolutely. All right, Mary Orlin, it's time to say goodbye and sip, sip, hooray. Cheers to you. Cheers to you, Mary Babbitt. Sip, sip, hooray.